0: Hashtag SFM Talking Point. We were talking to a young unemployed graduate, um, and, um, you know, it's, it's really devastating to know that unemployment is so high in our country. But on the other hand, it encourages me when I hear young people who are facing unemployment and are graduated saying they will stick it out, they will find solutions, they will go knock at the doors. This gives me hope that we are willing as South Africans to build up where we are from where we are right now. Ali, in my is, um, yeah, on the line. Good morning, Ali.
1: Good morning, ma'am. How are you?
0: Strong. How are you?
2: I'm fine, and good morning to your listeners. I, I just want to make a comment, a two-cent comment. I don't know whether it's, it's worth it making it, but let me make it anyway. My dear sister, when I, I studied the, 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 the thing of religion, it was the missionaries spearhead in the issue of education and making kind of livelihood for people. The same Christianity today of the prosperity gospel. I, I don't know if there's any Bazarana or Born again Christian church which is helping young people with batteries or at least with creating job opportunities because these very same people are going to be the ones who will be giving tithes and offerings to the making of all those organizations of so-called Christianity. Because initially, I believe it was the missionary. We had missionary schools, we had missionary hospitals, we have missionaries this and that. And the same Christian church today is like just politicians, self centered.
0: Okay. Uh, We're listening to you, Ali.
2: Yeah, because we cannot let our. Unfortunately, if one was able to, because we've got the so called spiritual fathers spiritual mother, spiritual girlfriend, spiritual aunt. Those <laughs> spiritual kind of stuff those getting into the place where God has ordained them to help because the government is relieving the churches of caring for the elderly, for the orphans and everything. Now they are secure they're they are they are in they are in Kenyan land with Christ and offering instead of looking after the very same congregants who are making them reach and paying for their upkeep.
0: All right, Ali, I hear you loud and clearly. Thank you for making me chuckle a bit there um, on the Thank spiritual girlfriends mind. and boyfriends. But yeah, I think uh, when it comes to, um, you know, uh, student funding, each one should help one at whatever level that you're at so that we can see a difference in our communities and uh, young people can study. But it doesn't end there. You can fund them. What then happens after that? What happens about um, employment? Should we still be encouraging young people to seek employment in these uh the trying times? Or is it better for us to encourage young people with the qualifications that they have uh, gotten um, to then start businesses, start um, finding gaps in their communities w- with the knowledge that they received from tertiary institutions and uh, create um, employment for others? And yeah, I think maybe we should just rethink the way we um, we have, you know, socialized our young people But that's me. I would love to hear from you, obviously, what your thoughts are. Let's uh, go to a quick break and then we'll be back. We are talking fraud. You know, this one just scared me. We are talking fraud. Digital fraud has changed its face and its target. And if you are not on the ball, you could be a victim. SAFM is 85 years old. Remember, it's our birthday month and we are giving away a thousand rand of voucher within the show. Shopping voucher. So if you'd like yours to stand a chance of winning, stay tuned and uh, make sure that you are SMSing to 41391. What do you SMS? Well, you SMS... S-A-F-M-85, followed by your name to 41391. Fraud is something that is really, really um, a moving target, especially um, since digital fraud stars have now redirected their activities to the gambling and leisure industry. This is according to the latest analysis by um, TransUnion Africa. Now, the financial service sector was previously the biggest target for scammers. So what has changed How do companies in this targeted industry protect themselves and their clients? Let's go uh, to our guest, who's CEO of TransUnion Africa, Lee Nike. Lee, good morning. Thank you for joining us.
2: Good morning. Thanks for having
1: me.
0: Now, what has changed? What has made digital fraud stars um, target the leisure and uh, gambling industry?
2: That's a really interesting question, but I guess a bit of context is important. Over the last 18 months, more and more, all of us have gone online, right? From hard lockdown to lower versions of lockdown. We're in a position where we spend more time engaging online, talking to our friends, participating in social media. In fact, 60% of consumers we speak to are saying that their transactions are being conducted online versus in person. As a consequence of spending a lot more time online, what happens is that uh, the forces tend to go to where people are going. So as we have been looking for online activities, there be more activity in the dating websites, more activity in online gambling. In fact, I had a look last night, every month the top three gambling websites in South Africa have a million unique visitors These websites. So, as customers and consumers tend to look for opportunities to engage socially on certain websites or even on the travel side, as the market starts to open up, we start to look for holidays, cheaper local destinations, and suddenly fraudsters tend to move all their focus into where consumers are moving, looking to target vulnerable consumers.
0: Sure, these four stars are. Uh, like uh, PhD holders in our movements online. So clearly, the gambling and leisure industry is more attractive right now. But what has moved them from being attracted to the banking sector? Because that's where they were with the financial services. Absolutely. I think there's
2: three sectors that decreased significantly compared to the previous quarter. That's financial services, telecommunications and retail these three sectors have been under a lot of pressure from us as consumers because we want our banking to be secure, we want our e-commerce to be secure. And I think these larger players in South Africa have tightened the security investments they've made to protect us as consumers. They all are worried about POPIA that's come in place from 1 July. So as businesses, we need to protect consumers' information. I think those investments have, on one one hand, made uh, it a lot less lucrative for fraudsters. The second thing to note out is that you saw the data from yesterday where our unemployment has gone up to 34.4%. We live in a very constrained environment. So there's less people, consumers, going online to do retail purchases. And therefore, the fraudsters are looking for the easy picking. And the retail side and fraud and financial sector side is a, less, it's a lot less easier than it was a year ago.
0: You know, the digital space offers us such great convenience, right? Because I can be at home, I can order my food, it will be delivered, I can book for my next holiday, I can book for my flight. And for those who enjoy gambling, like you said, so many people are hitting at the sites uh, for gambling so they can try their luck there. And I can do it at the comfort of my own home. But the security element is one that w- we just, you know, overlook. We think everything is secure because no one is around me in my home. No one is around me, but there are people constantly fishing around. So how can we protect ourselves as consumers? How can we, as the online users, make sure that we don't fall prey? So I've got
2: five quick tips that I think are useful advice I give out all the time to consumers I talk to. One, if you are online, you've got to change your passwords regularly. Don't have simple passwords because the technology that fraudsters use are a lot more sophisticated. Change your password regularly. Number two, check your credit report. If fraudsters are in fact using your identity and have stolen your ID or stolen your credit card details, your credit report is a good indication of activity that could point in the direction of fraud, right? When you have access to your credit report, and it's important to note that we have 27 million credit active users every year, and only around 500,000 access their free credit report. So if knowledge is power, get access to knowledge on your lifestyle and on your finances to take control. Thirdly, many banks, many credit bureaus like TransUnion have an alert service. And what that means is if somebody tries to go into a dealership or want an e-commerce site to open up an account in your name, we're able to tell you in almost real time, hey, your account has been in your name, are you trying to buy a car? Are you trying to get an insurance quote? So that's the third thing. The fourth thing is that consumers should ask their banks, ask their retailers, ask other service providers for some kind of true identity, identity protection service. This is becoming a lot more pervasive as companies want to earn the trust of us as consumers. Ask your bank, ask your retailer, ask your insurer or your telco. What do you do to protect my identity? Is there some insurance products providing me? And make choices uh, aligned to where you spend your money on how the business wants to protect your interests. And then finally, don't be silent if you're a victim. As we know, being a highly indebted consumer base in terms of bank debt, right? If you are becoming a victim and you found something that doesn't look right, don't be silent. Call the African Fraud Prevention Services, let them know that you've been a victim of fraud. Call your bank, call your lender, call your telco, call the credit bureau and say, listen, what can I do? These five steps seem to work over and over again of gaining knowledge and then taking the action to become a lot more protective in a world that is digital and will not go back to the way it was 18
0: months ago. Lee, I'm glad you gave us these five tips, but I'd love you to drill down on a couple, especially that uh, where you say um, we can get alerts from companies like TransUnion when someone is trying to to utilize our information to secure a car, or whatever it is. How does one um, make sure that those alerts are active?
2: So, so. Every credit bureau uh, has to give every consumer that particip- participates in credit one free credit report a year. But as part of the innovation we've done, we've brought new services we should do pay for over and above your basic credit reporting. All you've got to do is go to our website and other bureaus, to be fair to them, also provide similar services to trigger these alerts. And once you sign signed up and you kind of choose your notification mechanism, they'll either send you an email or an SMS as these transactions happen. So whether it's you opening up a new account or somebody fraudulent, you get the alert the same way you get an SMS when you do a banking transaction. So we've emulated that facility as an alert that triggers whenever a transaction happens using your identity and the reason it's important to worth calling out is that the transactions happen today are not just in a bank or in a retailer fraudsters so are buying your data from the dark web or other data sources and they're using the data to open account in your name the second your id enters that real world system in south africa we are able to pick up that trigger and let you know about it so it's as simple as you know calling your favourite credit bureau, if it's not TransUnion, or calling your bank and saying, do you have an alert product that I can sign up to? And the chances are they will have something like that. What do do these cost?
0: What do these cost, these alert um, services?
2: Uh, It's probably a few rands a month, probably 40 or 50 rands a month for a less sophisticated service. There are other more sophisticated services we offer. For example, True Identity is our flagship product which includes your basic credit reports, which you have an unlimited limited supply to. It includes the alerts where should somebody transact on your name, we'll let you know. We also will let you know if somebody has your data on the dark web. As more breaches occur, we actually monitor the dark web and say, Hey Patricia, hey Lee, your data is there, do something about it. And then also, should you actually become a victim We've partnered with a global insurer to make uh, make available insurance product to help you restore your identity. That product goes for you know around 799 a year, but it covers all of those services I've mentioned. So Let's take a these quick break. Are available in the marketplace.
0: Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. Um, A-team listeners, please interact with us. This issue of digital fraud is really, really um, got the potential to hit all of us in these trying times, but we want to protect ourselves. That's why we have Lee Nike, who is CEO of TransUnion. Interact with us. Ask your questions. Relate your story. Maybe you've been a victim on 11 or WhatsApp 0614. Four one zero four one zero seven. The Talking Point on SAFM. Weekdays, 9am till midday. As we continue discussing digital fraud stars who have changed their target and we are making sure that you and I are empowered enough to um, not become victims of uh, digital frauds. Let's go to the lines. Colin in Cape Town, good morning.
1: Hi Patricia, good uh, morning to your guest. This is not uh, about digital fraud. I get at least twice a week for the last month from the credit uh, department. Are you aware that 4,000 rand has been deposited into a hotel in upcountry Nigeria or somewhere like that? And I ask them, what bank is it? Then they put the phone down. Then, then later on, I get another one. Then they give me a bank, uh, for argument's sake, APSA. Um, then I get so cross, I say, look here, to hell with you are, uh, don't deal with APSA. And they put the phone down. Ah, is there any way of tracing those people with with all the technology that we got in this world? This has been going on for months and months and months. They even tell me, get your credit card, give me the number, I'll tell him, look here, just, Go to hell and put the phone down now, also guess the where does that come from? Where does that information come from hello how is it done and I advise anybody not to even give credit card numbers. You know what I mean? Thank you, Colin,
0: thank you for calling in. It definitely smells fishy. It smells like uh, digital fraud stars trying to play their luck there. I mean, they're playing around your finances and also around uh, the issue of uh, leisure um, because they're telling you about hotels in Nigeria. So, Lee, how can uh, Colin get help? And where do these people get his numbers?
2: So that's a really good question. So let me give you a bit of context so I can frame how this problem is. So it's a bit scary, but let me tell you the facts, right? Two out of every five people get targeted for digital fraud, and one third of, these, of that group of people actually becomes victims of digital fraud. And as Colin pointed out, the number one scam is what they call fake insurance scams. Someone calls you and says you're the beneficiary of a large amount of money. The second biggest scam is unemployment scam with someone pretending to call you from a government entity to offer you money or offer you some compensation. And the third one is COVID phishing emails where someone emails you saying, uh, listen, Colin, this is how we can help you as you're struggling uh, with the pandemic. So there's a couple of things worth noting here. One Contact details are available as there are many leaks in the country. It's possible that databases get leaked and go into something called dark web, and scammers have access to that, right? Um, What can Colin do practically? Myself, I've got an application on my phone called, um, I think it's Truecaller. And what Truecaller does is it actually allows you to screen these phone numbers. So as a call comes in that Colin doesn't recognize, The true caller actually recognizes the phone number and says, Colin, this is potentially a scam. Don't even answer the call. And we will get these calls all the time. Even In the midst of the POPIA regulation, we will still get these calls because the information is out there. So one, uh, find whether you're on an Android device or you're on an Apple device, get the true caller app or something similar to help you better screen the calls you take. Because in frustration, you may just say yes and give your number. The second thing is, if you are on the phone, never actually give your information. Your bank will tell you that. They'll never ask you for your OTP. They'll never ask you for your password over the phone. Never, ever give them information. Uh, And finally, if somebody sends you what they call a phishing email and says, Patricia, click on this link to open up your bank, and never do that. Rather, go to your bank's website directly don't click on a link. This is a very, very simple thing to do where whether it's faking an agency, faking a bank, most scams will do that to make it feel as if they know you. It's important to note that someone can simulate what looks like your bank statement based on information they can find on the internet. The best thing you can do is to call your bank, call your retailer, and say, is this you? Never ever give information over the phone.
0: Yo, Lee, you know, I don't know how many times I've won different competitions and lotteries and so on. And I've been given links to go into. And every time I'm like, yo, I won. I'm a winner. And then I remember, ah, ah, this can't be it. (laughs) I never entered such competitions. Clearly, someone is trying to get uh, some details out of me. So... What you've given us, what we can do to protect ourselves, but what can businesses in the targeted um, industries do? I mean, the gambling and leisure industry, and as well as the financial services industry, what can they do to ensure that they protect their businesses and their customers? That's a really good question. I think the first thing
2: worth noting is that digital fraud doesn't just cost us as consumers. Uh, businesses that are transacting online is up to 6% of their revenue due to digital fraud. So it's something that they need to sort out, right? What's more important is that consumers have become the kings of the queens and the controllers of the destiny of businesses throughout the pandemic. The fact that many of us haven't left our houses, we are now deciding who we'll work with and who we'll buy from. So I will choose brand X over brand Y uh, based on how secure I feel. So the pressure is there on businesses to actually get their acts together and to be more secure. What I would say to businesses is that you're not the first to have a concern about security. The fact is that we've been doing this for the last 10 years, securing our businesses to be active in this cloud-based digital world. So do your research, look for service providers and say, come in and help me. When, when customers or businesses try to do this by themselves, they get it wrong because they're starting from scratch. Rather, do your research and figure out who are these specialist service providers to come in and help us. You know, in our organization, we protect 50,000 websites around the world, which is why we get the stats for this survey. Look for other service providers that say, can we protect my consumers. How do I verify that Lee is who he says is? And the great part about what we call the sharing economy is that in the midst of a very digital life of Africa, more and more of these solutions are now available. It's on us as business leaders to say, how can I partner with other businesses as opposed to doing it by myself? So it's quite simple. The answers are available. Stop and say, what can I do by myself, and where do I need specialist security help, and reach out and call these partners and call these service providers.
0: Let me go to Lizzie on the line. Lizzie, you're in Sandringham, and uh, you also want to share with us. Please keep yes, it short Patricia, and sweet. Yes, thanks for taking my call. I, I am old, and I don't have a, haven't had a credit card for years,
1: but every now and then I get a phone call from a voice, which is recognizably from Durban, but says its name is David or Roger, which is totally wrong. And it says, do you know that four or 40,000 grand has been taken from your bank account? And I say, that's impossible. And we have a bit of argy-bargy and the man goes on and says, well, give me your cell phone number so I can cancel it. And I say, no, I don't give my cell phone number to anyone. On one occasion, I said to him, I'm sorry, I can't talk to you now. Can I phone you back? And he gave me a number which didn't exist. So, you know, it's not only the big people and the people with lots of money.
0: Yeah, your story, Lizzie, sounds a lot like uh, that of um, uh, Colin in Cape Town. Thank you for yep. sharing yeah. and please keep yourself safe. Uh, Lee Kieli, uh Digital fraudsters Stars, are trying to get their hands on anyone's money. How do we get in touch with you at TransUnion Africa?
2: So there's a couple of ways. Uh, phone number 0861-482-482. Also, Where all these products and services are listed. So it's important that I offer up the phone number for the South African Fraud Prevention Services. Uh, and that's an important number to note because if you do find yourself being a victim, you want to file for something we call protective registration, which then actually prevents banks and other lenders from extending credit to fraudsters. Their number is 011-867-2234.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us, Lee.